This episode of the Anti-Heroes Podcast with Zach Blair is presented by Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest's best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle and Portland shops, you'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I personally always make a stop at Thunder Road Guitars in Seattle. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys, and it's just not a complete Seattle trip unless I go and say hi and see what uh, wonderful stuff they have. These are real people offering real service, folks. Uh, use code ANTIHEROES10 to get 10% off at www.thunderroadguitars.com and tell them I sent you. Hey guys, this is Zach from the Anti-Heroes Podcast, and I want to welcome our newest sponsor to the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Can you believe that? Anti-Heroes listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com slash VIP slash Anti-Heroes. Again, that's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Anti-Heroes. Thank Thank you so much and support all the folks at DistroKid because they're they're doing amazing work and we couldn't be happier to have them on board. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors over at Jim Dunlop and MXR Pedals. We couldn't be luckier to have these guys on board with us. I personally use these products and you should too. Find out more about them at jimdunlop.com. Let's get on to the podcast. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors over at Jim Dunlop and MXR Pedals. We couldn't be luckier to have these guys on board with us. I personally use these products and you should too. Find out more about them at jimdunlop.com. Let's get on to the podcast. Welcome to the Anti-Heroes Podcast with your host, Zach Blair. I am Zach Blair. Hi. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. I just really appreciate it. As I keep saying, this is something I would do anyway. I would be talking to musicians, guitar players, about detailed minutiae that only we care about. But you folks are listening. You folks are giving me purpose. And it means a whole lot. So I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for all the feedback. Today is a special episode because I meet a new friend, and I love these episodes where I get to meet somebody who maybe I wasn't already uh, listening to or, or introduced to, and then I become a fan. Today is Sarah Labriola. Sarah is a unicorn. Sarah is, is a person in her mid-twenties that discovered Django Reinhardt, the gypsy jazz guitar player, when she was younger, and, and she sort of got obsessed and decided she wanted to play like that. She wanted to learn how to play his style. And if you don't know who Django Reinhardt is, Django Reinhardt um, was a jazz guitar player and he famously had two working fingers on his left hand. Now think about that. 
that's on his left hand, his fretting hand. Two working guitar players, and he's a jazz guitar player. It's 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 astounding. And he was active from like the 20s onto the 50s. Do yourself a favor and check it out. She got into his stuff. And this is like, this is a, a, a person that's in her 20s now. So we're talking over the last 10 years. And she brings those elements and influences into modern music. She, she's a guitar player for hire. She's played with a lot of great acts. She subbed for the Cold War Kids, which is Joseph Plummer, the host from uh, Tour Stories right here on the Ruinous Media Network. And I think the thing that makes her so discernible is that she brings these elements, these Django Reinhardt influences into her playing. But yet people like her, young people like her, are keeping this around. And she does it amazingly, as you'll see for yourself. So we dive in and we get to talk about that. So let's get into my interview here with Sarah Labriola. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how's it going? How's it going? You know, we were just talking. It's it's. This is one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is because I I don't know you. I mean, IRL as as the kids would say. But um, I can't believe I just said that. But um, <laughs> but it's so cool to meet. You know, this is the reason I want to start doing it because it's it's to meet other cool guitar players and make new friends and kind of. Uh, ask them about their journey and their approach and their careers and what motivates them and stuff like that. So um, we, there's so many interesting things to get in with you that we get into eventually, but like what made you want to start playing guitar? Um, well, my, my parents are both musicians and yeah, I mean, it was in my, my, my mom, she plays guitar and she was the guitar teacher in the town sort of. Oh, so cool. everyone took guitar lessons from my mom. Um, and I was pretty anti music cause I just wanted to be different from my parents. But ultimately then I just picked up the guitar cause I was bored or something and just kept learning that day yeah. and just kept, just kept learning more and more. And, you know, my, my mom was right there. She was just showing me more things. And then, and then eventually, you know, started learning from other people and right. kept going. Yeah. Are you so lucky you had somebody in the house that was able to show you in real yeah. time? You know what I mean? Instead of, I mean, it's such a benefit now that there's YouTube and that there's somebody like, I want to know how to play this ACDC song. And you could just type that in and some guy's going to show you how to play that. Whereas before, you know, you just had to work, use your ears and hopefully you were sort of naturally talented and you could pick that up or you were screwed, you know, um, that's so fortunate. When did you decide you kind of wanted to do it with your life? Yeah, I don't, I, I can't remember. It wasn't a question whether or not like playing music is a career. Like my parents were like, yeah, if you are good, then rock on, you should do it they had a plan they were like you should do it well like if you right. <laughs> they'd be pretty right. honest with me if i sounded sounded like shit or something yeah but in like up. yeah they were like you better sound great and um i kind of knew that i was headed down the path when i was started high school because i started learning from more serious mentors and they were right. kind of like leading me into some sort of path like that right. so that's so important. The, the, the people that sort of, you know, are maybe a little older mm -hmm. and know, know their way around 
and I feel like just by hanging out with those folks, just through osmosis, you get better. You know, totally. Yeah. You 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 know, if if it's a runner or a skater or whatever it might be, you're 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 sort of now you're co- not competing with them, but you're trying to do it at their level. So inevitably, it's you're gonna get better. In totally. a quicker amount of time, it's going to expedite that process for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your early gear? What was like your first guitar and stuff? I mean, um, I would just play on my mom's electric guitar. She actually have it right here. I brought it back and got it all fixed up oh, so I could so play cool. it again. Now I've been playing it for shows. Uh, it's just like a Mexican Strat and was okay. learning on that. And then we grew up in the Hudson Valley, so there was a lot of folk music, and she did a lot of folk music. So it was um, – a lot of acoustic guitars, and that's why I started playing the Django Reinhardt stuff because it's really simple. It's like people just playing these acoustic guitars, and I thought that was really cool, like the simplicity of all that. I, sure. I wasn't super into gear when I was younger. Sure. I like missed the boat on that. I right. didn't. Right. Um, my dad was obsessed with it, but I, I was really just loved the like purity of the acoustic guitar and, and what you can get out of that. And you can just sit down and just play, play tunes. So, so that was the beginning for me. Um, my dad, when I started playing gypsy music, he got me this, Jeton guitar, like the John Jorgensen like sure. model, sure. Um, and it, honestly, that guitar rocked. It was a really sweet, awesome instrument, and I just started playing on that for a while. Well, well so you mentioned it briefly, but I I, I want to stop you there and 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 give you credit for how amazing it is that you know you were a kid, I would imagine, and you got sort of obsessed with Django Reinhardt. And for those that don't know, Django Reinhardt was a guitar player that sort of perfected the art of gypsy jazz. And he had two working fingers on his left hand. So he did these amazing, amazing things and accomplished them all with two, his index and his middle finger on his left hand, his, his fretting hand, which is unbelievable. The, the chord work and the solo work and things like that. Um, and you sort of took that on as like your mission in life to, to, to learn his stuff and, and to do it. When did that start with you? Well, I feel like I got into it uh, through the way I actually, I, it kind of introduced a whole new wave um, was, I don't know how everyone feels about this, but I was watching that Woody Allen film. I know some people are pretty anti Woody Allen, but I was sure. watching the Woody Allen film. I know Mid- the one midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I just loved the, theme of the, the the song and so i learned it and my dad was like you know this is like coming from django reinhardt and so i started getting super into it and then my dad was like the guy who wrote the song is actually playing at a venue nearby do you want to go see him oh wow and i was like hell yeah i'm trying i want to see it so bad so we went and it was so crazy like he it's so it's stefan rimbell he plays mm-hmm. with um he was playing with like a drummer a rhythm guitar player and a bass player upright bass and it was like django reinhardt music but like on steroids like they're sh- like it's really energetic they're it's like almost like a rock band but they're playing these like intricate lines and right. um and then after the show i 
went up to him and was like, do you give lessons? And he said, are you serious about learning it? And I said, yeah. And then I learned from him until I was like 19. And then I played in his band for a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And traditionally they were the, I'm probably mispronouncing, but the McAfee, was that the guitar company? Yeah. That's one of them. McAfee, Selmer. Uh, Selmer's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those ones. And I, they had like the sort of sideways oval uh, sound hole. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. And and almost uh, almost like an Art Deco looking guitar in a weird way. Yeah. It's uh, very like they have ones that have like a really big kind of hole that spans across the guitar and ones that have these really small ones. And right. they, they, they're funny looking guitars for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's such a different, uh, it's almost its own genre. It's almost its own genre, its own thing. It lives in a corner all by itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for somebody as young as you to sort of take that on, I think it's highly commendable because, you know, I was just talking about this with some friends about how younger people are into like early thrash metal, like the stuff I was into in the 80s. And definitely now with Stranger Things and Metallica and stuff like that, really? and that one character and people are going back. And But you see kids that are like, you know, 18 or 19 and they have like an exodus back patch or something that just blows your mind. So I felt the same way, Yeah. but, but beyond that, so then you started touring with bands, uh, sort of guitar for hire, things like that. So who are some of the bands and what was the first band you actually went out and toured with? Yeah. So I started just getting into it because when I moved here, I, I moved right after I graduated high school. So I was just starting, I just wanted to play swing music and gypsy music and I was doing that here and it was really fun. But at the same time, that's not also what I was listening to. I was listening to a lot of, you know, indie music. So um, I started playing for this artist, Samia. And we we just started playing way back, you know, and then she grew immensely. Like she's she's really killing it right now. And I started playing with her and that just sort of led me in – that world. So then right. we started touring. We toured with bands like Cold War Kids and uh, Hippocampus. And yeah, just sort of got into it. And then my name was just sort of passed around uh, when people needed someone. And I started playing for this artist, Claude. And the next artist that I was on tour with Cold War Kids was Overcoats. And then now I play with mainly with this artist, Gus Dapperton. So I I tour oh. mainly with him. And that keeps you busy. Keeps me pretty busy, yeah, for sure. Totally. Well, that's great. So so what was your, like, um, we can get into your gear just a bit. So okay. what are you using primarily now? I, because I'm from, I just feel, felt like I'm, like, I, I got into the gear later in my life because before that I was just working with acoustic guitar oh, and, and finding ways to, I guess, amplify acoustic guitar in the best sounding way. And that was like sure. my main gear, you know, finding really good contact mics and stuff like that. But now, so my gear is, I really like to use a Nash Telecaster. Do you know that company? Oh, you know Nash? I know them very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Britain um, Nash is Britain the, do you know Britain? I don't, I don't, but with Britain is, is, he's the guy. I have my best guitars. I think I can say my best guitars. This is a Nash Strat right here. Oh, actually. awesome. Oh, yeah, it's green. Cool. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I have two Nash Telecasters. I have that Strat and I have a Jazzmaster. I just, I love them so much. And 
two of my main stage Les Pauls, Britton has had his hands on that. He has relicked it and shaved the neck and you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm so psyched on their stuff. I Amazing. I because it reminds me of almost like the way that mine is, I feel like it kind of reminds me of uh, gypsy guitar in some way. It's really also mm. um, responsive to the way I play and my accents right. because right. I feel like I have like, I learned a different technique when I was learning the Django Reinhardt stuff. Like you play, when you switch strings, you have to hit it with a downstroke and, and your, your wrist is very loose and kind of weighted. And so I, I kind of sometimes do that. And um, I just love those guitars. They, I've been playing gigs like Django Reinhardt gigs on the Nash telly. And it's oh, wow. been amazing. It sounds, it sounds really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's, yeah, I can't say enough about those guitars. I absolutely love yeah. them. And I got introduced to them uh, by Brian Baker and, and I played one. I was just like, I got to have one of these. And and I got a straight up just, just Telecaster from Britain. Uh, and it's, you know, pound for pound, the best, one of the, if not the, then one of the best guitars I own. But yeah. so amplification, what are you using for amps? So then um, what I really love and to do when it's all my own gear is I use my, my dad gave it to me. It's this vintage from the seventies, um, Fender champ, real, real little right. guy, but that shit sounds amazing. Like, yeah. um, what I, what I really look for is I really like the way it breaks up when I'm, if I'm using like the telly into it, it gives me this sort of electric Django sound kind of like right. in his, in his later days when he started playing electric it's like gives you that like kind of it sounds like a horn like a horn section right. you know when you're playing like right, right, right. chords and then um i also use it to play for more indie artists too and it gives me like a beautiful kind of warm sound like kind of like bill frizzell or something like that sure. so i i i roll with that yeah that's a great reference bill mm -hmm. bill frizzell yeah plus it's also easy to get around you know what i mean so it's amazing to, i just take it right so on the train it's awesome yep. Yeah. So easy to lug around. It's not yeah. a Marshall house stack or no, whatever. No, no. You know, unfortunately, the type of music I chose to play, it was like, it was either a Marshall house stack or nothing. <laughs> and it was just like, Jesus Christ, what am I, I going to do? You know? I know. I, I always find myself working with like, well, can I take this on the train? Can I, you know, at, not right. walk it down the street a couple blocks? Because we're just lugging it all around the city if we're playing gigs but it's also easier to take on the road too i put it in a little pelican case so it's like oh that's great rolls it's great and yeah and then I, like for my pedals and stuff um if it's more like indie and it's softer and folk stuff I'll, i really love using the strymon flint do you know do you know oh one? yeah i oh, really I, use, I use the flint a lot i think it gives you immediate swag I think it just sounds yeah. like like you just sound like you have a better touch on the guitar. I just think it's right. it rocks. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I it's funny because I also um, have a less is more approach where I try to do guitar, pedal board amps. I used to not do pedals at all. And then I started adding them slowly and I wanted to add a very basic pedal board, which I still have. Mm -hmm. Um in an age of where technology is just getting insane and it's and it's it's making it easier for all of us but but for me i still have such a 
caveman approach, such a Luddite approach to everything. I just want to do the things that I know, you know, I want simple pedals. I wanted to do simple things. The age of profilers like Kempers and fractals and things Mm -hmm. like that. It's just, I can't argue with the technology because apparently if you're, you know, using ears every night, things like that sounds brilliant. I've got people I know and trust and respect and I look up to that are using stuff like that. And I still being able to take like a champ and a guitar and play a gig, I still, at my core, I am so much more impressed with that, you know? Yeah. I, I also, I just love that. I love a real simple setup and I think it's, it's really, um, admirable. I, I mean, at the same time though, I'm getting into new territory when I play with Gus, this is like more indie pop stuff. So I find myself also making my guitar sound, not like a guitar, which is also kind of cool. Like I, I think it's a fun challenge. I've been playing actually a lot more with a lot more artists and trying to really fuck up the sound, you know, and it's like, well, if I'm not going to be playing like this way, I might as well just play this way and really get crazy with it. Um, I actually use a lot of Gus's gear. So for that gig and, so it gives me chances to just check out new things. I use like Fender Deluxe Reverb amp and uh, just like filters and chorus pedals and yeah, um, yeah. I I still and octave pedals. Like also, I joined his band later when he had more guitar esque songs, but before right. that, he was very synth poppy. So I had to kind of we're still gonna play some old songs, and I kind of had to find my way in that group playing that kind of stuff you know it's interesting going into somebody's thing that's already established and then trying to find your own voice yes you want to play you want to play the music faithfully but you also want to find yourself and like what am i bringing to this and that brings me to an interesting question um you know does that something you 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 want to do is sort of um do you feel like you're most fulfilled doing higher gun stuff and playing with a bunch of different folks or or do you think you'll be just as fulfilled maybe playing your own stuff or playing with this guy for the rest of your career? Like what, what do you see? How do you see it going? I mean, I think about this all the time and I feel so fulfilled when I kind of have a lot of just control over my sound. And when I do go back to my basic kind of instrumentation, like I just guitar amp, very simple. There's just certain, I feel like there are certain artists that I feel like are playing and, the songs and maybe my playing complements each other super well. And it it is fulfilling to be in a band and be known as maybe the guitar player for that band. Or like it would be great to play for, you know, a big artist, but have this voice on stage through your instrument where, you know, people recognize the sound of your style. And then also I, I have my own project too. So yeah, I would, I also love to play my stuff. And is, is that just under your own name or is it? It's actually under this name. It's called Hank. Hank. Yeah. Okay. Hank. Um, okay. Yeah. Actually released uh, the first single off the project uh, a couple weeks ago. So you can stream oh, it. Congrats. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank so you. check out Hank. Check out Hank. Um, and you know, I think, I think there's no way for you not to be, I, I, well, let me back up. I, I think the true hallmark of a musician is when you can sort of hear that person with your eyes closed and go, oh, that's such and such. Mm-hmm. You, you know their approach, you know their tone, their style, just the way they play. And I've always thought that that was 
true success as a musician, you know, and, and, and not necessarily if they can sweep an RPGO or if they're shredders or whatever it might be. It's like they could fret a bar chord and you go, oh, that's, you know, like Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. You can tell it's Tony Iommi, yeah. uh, Angus Young and whoever it might be. And I think you bringing that Django Reinhardt influence to indie rock and to rock and roll and to, you know, synth pop and stuff like that that definitely gives you that sort of leg up. And I think it's interesting talking to you that you do bring that influence over into you. Cause it's, you know, it's your style. It's what you, it's, a, you learn this, this like third gear that we didn't learn, you know, the other guitar players didn't learn and you're using it. And that's so interesting. I think that's amazing. When, when you were training and learning all of that stuff, did it go from a theory approach or did it go from more of a, like, this is his style and this is what he does. Or did they teach you like, you know, the building blocks behind it and everything else. Yeah. I mean, learning, I, my, my dad's a jazz pianist and he would always try to teach me theory. And I'd be like, I don't like this traditional way at all. I can't stand it. I think it's really backwards. And I, I know some people really like it, but I just could not vibe with it at all. And then that's why I think I really, uh, enjoyed when I was learning from Stefan, cause he just was like, I'm going to show you what I do and it's very guitaristic. It's all based in shapes. And then we would transcribe a lot of Django Reinhardt solos. So you just like get things in your ear and yeah, I'm I'm not like, I'm not a theory head, but I found the way that works for me on the guitar and it gets, it gets me there. Like I still feel like I can, I can express myself and also, play gigs i play tons of gigs and tunes and i think it it actually gives me a lot of freedom i think because i'm not sort of thinking in terms of theory all right. the time oh, that's a great answer the reason i asked that is because i watched your video of you doing these Django reinhardt songs and completely blown away and i took jazz guitar lessons i went to berkeley and <sighs> Theory still, for me, it's like school. So it goes in one ear and out the other. Now, if hard-pressed, I I feel like I could speak the language and I could do those things. But when I watched you do that, I was like, oh, this this is all theory. This is all connected with all this. And so to hear that it's actually based in patterns, and that's how you got your head around it. And I would imagine with Django Reinhardt as well, since he was such an innovator, when you dive into his playing, I would imagine he has his bag of tricks so to speak where you're like oh this is the Django thing I know this mm-hmm. thing I know this thing from these other songs and you kind of link those together is that correct absolutely like you you nailed it I mean you have to think about it too he Django Reinhardt couldn't uh read or write you know what I mean so I just don't think wow. that he couldn't even like sign his name how I I mean obviously I just don't he didn't have also access to in-depth theory or a conservatory. And so he learned from just listening to um, Louis Armstrong or like Ravel and Debussy. And there's very classical the way he plays. And he just listened. Like, you know, he just, yeah, just was of savant. Yeah. And I mean, to fret those kinds of chords with two fingers. Yeah. Also, he was so, so modern too. Like the way he, when you listen to some of his stuff, it's like he... He was kind of out there um, on some things, yeah. and it, it's just cool. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just awesome. You know he's just – that's what he just thinks is cool, and he hears it. And instead of, like, mm-hmm. this is the way – like, you got to do this over that. Like, there are no rules. You have no rules if you don't, yeah. don't want to learn them. 
you know? Well, I think all the great innovators are like that. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the, the guys that just blew minds was like, where is this guy coming from? And it's just somebody that had their own antenna. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just born that way. They were just like, well, I hear it this way and I, I see it this way and I'm going to do it this way. When you have, especially nowadays, you have so many people telling you this is how things should be. You know, you have to play a Les Paul and a Marshall or whatever it might be. And you have to play lead guitar this way. And for somebody to go, no, fuck all that. Yeah. I'm going to do it my way because I hear it and I see it yeah. this way. And those are the people that innovate and, and are lauded and talked about for years to come. And and I think you, you fall into that category. I feel like you're bringing such an interesting, different thing. Who the fuck goes as far back as Django Reinhardt? <laughs> And that is a young person, you know, I don't mean to lay into that because I don't mean to discredit you by saying that, but I think it's, it's astounding to me that you are um, doing what you're doing and that this, this was the lane you found. It's, it's, it's astounding. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, I think when I started playing a more popular music, like more indie music, I was actually a little, not embarrassed or anything like that, but I just felt like. I wanted to play the way that other people were playing it. You know, like I was, I was like, I can't shred like metal lines cause I never learned how to play metal or like, I, I can't play like that. And I feel like I, I have this like quirky kind of playing. And at first I was a little like, I want to get away from the, I want to get away from the Django stuff. Like I'm trying to like play more like a guitar stuff. And now I've actually learned to right. just lay into it and have this, style that actually can cross over between the two like if i want to play a django gig like it still sounds a little modern like indie right. vibes and then if i want to play an indie gig like yeah maybe i'll try to throw some things in that are inspired by django and stuff like that and and it's right. fun and i you know i think i have to owe it to a lot of other guitar players who do cross over in that you know between different styles but with the Django influence and there's just some real inspiring players out there that help me kind of push my way you know well I think if anything it's 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 what makes you you and what makes you discernible and probably is what in the future and what currently gets you gigs because you have this different approach from having such a a different unique background you Mm -hmm. know i know who django reinhardt is because i'm a fucking like music guitar dork that's been doing this my whole life but not saying you're a dork i'm just saying i studied not everybody does you know and i when 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 i first noticed that about you it was blew my mind (laughs) so i think that's that's definitely what is 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 making you you and i wouldn't shy away from it at all if i were you i'd run toward it you know um so who are your favorite rock people like if you if you had to pick rock guitar players because we know Django reinhardt's definitely you know one of your top influences if not your top totally i feel like honestly a lot of my favorite guitar players or musicians come from just really awesome songwriters that i think are sweet musicians i think that growing up like yeah i was also super into Jimi hendrix learned all that stuff um yeah i mean I honestly just really think songwriters today have just cool styles. Like I really like this songwriter, Alex G. I think he's awesome. And I think he, and he plays guitar and people, he's played guitar on like Frank Ocean stuff. And, but he has a very, he has like a, a, just a really cool style. He has cool chords, cool voicings. That's someone that I just listen to their 
uh, mm-hmm. stuff. I'm trying to think of more guitar, like guitar players. Um, I think it's awesome that you're searching for this answer. Yeah, though. yeah. I mean, honestly, I think I think that's yeah. great. I think that's what gives you a different approach, and I think that's what gives you a unique yeah. voice. Because I'm so used to somebody going, "Oh, and list off ten, you know, yeah. and and usually like shredder guys or whatever that you know." And I love the fact that you're choosing uh, songwriters and that you're having a hard time thinking of your favorite rock it, guitar. Yeah, player. because it's also like I. It's not that I I love the sound of the guitar, but I just didn't grow up like listening that much to like Eric Clapton or or you know, Stevie sure. Ray Vaughan or something like that. I just didn't You grew up listening to Django Reinhardt, <laughs> so I think you kinda you kinda <laughs> trump trumped us all. It's just it's just that I wish I was like, Oh, this, this and we could just go on about it, but I I didn't really come into it that way, so that's that's how it goes. Well, you're a, you're a unicorn, <laughs> and I think it's it's and seriously, and I mean that in the best possible way. I think that's that's why you are having a career and you're making a living as a musician because you're bringing something different to it, which is so hard nowadays. It's so hard to bring something interesting to the conversation, and that's why I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to talk to guitar players that are bringing something different to this and trying, and maybe not getting allotted as lauded for that and, 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 and respected enough or as much press for their approach, but they're doing something amazing in their own little corner of the world. And that's exactly what, what you're doing. And, um, do you have real quick? So I ask a lot of people this, do you have one that got away? Did you, did you, do you have a guitar an amp or a piece of gear that you lost or got stolen or you had to sell? Do you have anything um, like that? Yeah, actually I had, I'm actually, I'm pretty tight with all my gear. I, I try not to like, keep it out of sight but this one time i did ask my, one of my roommates after a gig to bring um my amp home in an uber and i've i, I think we were all just out you know having a good time and everyone was maybe a sure. little tipsy and she just left it she's like it was left in the uber i don't want to say it was oh. anyone's fault but in the back I shouldn't have given her the amp to just take home. I should have just taken it home. But I lost the amp. But it it was it's that's a replaceable thing. But what really was hard for me that I also lost was this this vintage like kind of electric pickup that you put on your acoustic guitars that um, Django would use like in in the more electric time of it. It's like a, an electric pickup. It, sure. It's got this kind of like weirder electric sound, but Sure. So it just fits in the sound. Yeah, hole and it kind is like thing. truly the most basic pickup of all time. Um, it's like still made the same way that they did in like the forties or fifties. Sure. But to find one that actually amplifies the guitar evenly and well and with nothing fucked up is hard. So I had I thought I had right. a really great one. I loved <laughs> mine and then it was lost and then I had to get another one and it just wasn't the same like it i don't even use it because i just think it doesn't yeah uh, i know sucks. it was just a bummer what was what was the amp uh the amp is a uh the aer like acoustic amps you know those kinds of amps oh gotcha, more like gotcha, gotcha, jazz gotcha. people yeah, use yeah, them yeah. which yeah that was also sure. a bummer because i think those are pretty pricey <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> that's, that's how it goes sucks. you know um, uh, it's okay. well i won't keep it I won't keep you much longer. Again, like I said, I, in my opinion, I feel like you're a unicorn. Um, you are bringing Django Reinhardt to a new generation, which is no small yeah, feat. That's I appreciate huge. that. Thank That's you. That's amazing. 
it's 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 something uh, to behold, and and it's something to be very proud of because you do it very 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 uh. well. Um, and everybody, check out Sarah Labriola, and thank you so much for for doing yeah, this. Yeah, of me course. Today. I'm. So, I was so psyched. Okay, we will. Uh, We'll talk to you soon, and I'll see you out there. If you're, hopefully, we'll crisscross on tour. If not, are you playing a regular gig in New York City? Do you do something? Um, if I'm in town, I'm you know I'm about to leave for about a, a couple months. But when I am in town, I play in some really quirky places in the East Village. This one spot called Anyway Cafe. It's like a very local fun spot. I'll play there with my trio. I'll play at this spot called Barbez. It's in Park Slope. Again with my trio. I can. Uh, I probably will update that on my website when. And what's and and what's your website? Should be sarahlabriola.com, but I have to keep you updated as to if that site is still active. <laughs> okay. And is this project? Is this the Hank project? So the three actually, trees? no. That that is under my names. The trio is under Sarah Labriola, like jazz stuff. Then my actual songwriting project is called Hank, and you can. Find it on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, I put out a song. It's called All For You, in parentheses, baby. And the rest of the EP comes out over the next couple of months. So, Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Isn't it fun making new friends? So I'm sure we'll crisscross each other's paths for years to come on the road and we'll be able to talk about this experience. And I love that. I loved meeting a guitar player that taught me something about Django Reinhardt. And she took the time to master this craft. And it's not easy. Listen to this stuff. I didn't think about the guy that's playing it had two fingers on his left hand. Unbelievable. It's the power of the Antiheroes podcast, my friends. Get to meet people. When would I have met her otherwise? I love it. I hope you do too. I am going to thank the folks at Jim Dunlop and MXR for being our sponsor, for being our partners, for helping us out. If you don't know who they are, do yourself a favor. Go to jimdunlop.com. Discover the wonderful world of everything they do over there from the MXR pedal line to Jim Dunlop's line of products to the Crybaby Waz to the Tortex Picks. The list goes on. You probably already know. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what Jim Dunlop and MXR is. I definitely do and have my entire guitar playing career. I am going to leave you right here at the end with a wonderful example of Sarah Labriola's guitar playing. Um, this is from a YouTube clip, and it is uh, her original composition, Mark of a Morning. Um, she is playing the aforementioned Nash Telecaster, which, man, I can't say enough about Nash guitars. But you'll see her stunning, intricate guitar work. Uh, finger style. She does a bunch of really cool double stops and almost goes th- from like a country Nashville style to rock and roll style. At least she covers a lot of ground in just this one, this one song. And it really showcases what an amazing, well-rounded guitar player she is. And you'll see a little bit of that Django style, the way she was talking about how she's holding her right hand and the way, you know, she's coming from such a different world of phrasing that you know as rock and roll guitar players we didn't have the benefit of getting taught so she has this like i said you know in the interview this third gear it's kind of like the the sylvester Stallone movie over the top which you haven't seen that you should really go see that he's a he's a truck driver but he he arm wrestles for a living and and he goes over the top man it's when he does his thumb he places his thumb in a different way and that's how he he wins 
So I've, I think that Sarah Labriola has that with her Django Reinhardt background. She goes over the top. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll keep doing this and we'll talk soon. Thank you.